Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, that line is open 24-7, but it's especially used in this hour to take your text questions and Prayer requests. It's a 24-7 prayer line, but we can uh, we dedicate it for this hour for prayer and questions. So if you don't get on the air or it's busy, as it many times it is, and you just can't get through, text us. If I need to fill the show or make some uh, get some time, uh, I'll go to get some time on the air with a question while we're getting things started or screening the calls, I'll go to texting. So 720-336-0897. For example, uh, this text just came through. Would you please play, pray for my auntie? Her name is Becky, and she was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, given three to six months to live, and her family's devastated. She has started chemo. So join me in prayer, would you, for Becky and for her niece? Father, I pray, God, for Becky, according to uh, her niece's desire. Um, I know that it is a very scary, hard, challenging time uh, with a, a cancer diagnosis, with the staging so advanced. And I do pray, God, for your healing in her life. I know that, you know, we pray, God, for healing when, when we get a headache. We pray for healing when we have a smaller thing, but when it comes to something like cancer, it's like challenging our faith, and we just admit that to you. And in the challenge of our faith, we still come to you, and we still ask for your mercy. We still ask God for the miraculous. We still ask for the medical. Uh, whatever it is, uh, according to your will to accomplish in this precious woman's life, in Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000, uh, Here is one that came in early this morning. Oh, I just saw this. Sarah and Zach have been asking for prayers to conceive for over a year and found out this past weekend that she's pregnant, asking for prayers for a healthy pregnancy Yay! What an answer to prayer. We're grateful. And I know I've seen this request come through many, many, many times. Uh, and now we pray for a safe and healthy pregnancy. 303-690-3000 is the number. So give me a call. Let me go back to the screening. I think we've got calls here already. 
So let's go right to line one. Julie's on the line. Julie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. I'm a first-time caller, but I listen to you every day. Oh, wonderful, Julie. I'm sorry to hear that you have a pretty challenging prayer request. Yes, sir. My my sister just found out, actually, through the Internet. She went for a uh, biopsy yesterday. Yes. And you know how they send the medical records online? Yes. And um, she read the records that says she has um, cancer metastasized. She doesn't know how bad it is until she sees the doctor tomorrow. But I asked for prayers for her, please. I went through um, stage 3 melanoma 20 years ago, and um, a lot of prayers helped me. Yeah, and here you are. Okay, well, let's pray. What Can you share her name, or should we just leave it? Um, I'd rather okay. call her Gail. Okay. Father, we pray for Gail as you know exactly who she is. What a special sister she is to Julie, Lord. And we pray, God, for this new diagnosis that she's read online. And even as we were praying earlier uh, for Becky, uh, we know that you are a miraculous God and you can heal miraculously. You can heal naturally. You can heal medically. And that's our desire. We, we pray according to your will uh, that you would... We bring Julie's sister to your throne room of grace where we find help in time of need. And we, uh, we want to come, uh, as someone even asked, told us today, we want to keep asking, keep knocking, and keep seeking uh, until the answer comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Judah, Bennett, Colorado. Judah, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How's it going today? It's going great. Um... Yeah, that was a tough prayer, but I'm super grateful that uh, people like her and I um, have you to call and talk to and pray with. Um, To get to the point, I called you late last year. My wife and I were debating and uh, arguing about whether or not we should work on a second baby. And I had talked to you via email not too long ago, Uh let you know that we were, in fact, pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wanted to give you an update today that we found out it is a boy. Oh, that's fantastic. So this will be our first boy. We've got a three-year-old girl, and now we've got a boy on the way. Well, uh, having had two boys and a girl, each one has a special place. Boys are fun, uh, lots of fun, and girls are special. Um, just an amazing gift. So you're... Uh, I, and I have to say, uh, it was easier uh, raising a boy than a girl. <laughs> well, good. I've got that to look forward to. But that's a daddy thing, I think. I think it's just a dad thing. But, you know, as you well know, your children have a, each of your children have a special place, and so will this baby in the womb. So congratulations. Well, uh, thank you very much. And I just wanted to give you the update. Um, thanks again for being on the air and available for us. You're welcome. So I think the next call will be... Uh, right there in the delivery room uh, when your wife's uh, giving birth so we can all join in on, and maybe she'll have the baby right at 4 o'clock, the 4 o'clock hour. How cool would that be? <laughs> well, okay, so here's the deal. If that happens, then you got to talk her into it. Yeah, absolutely. Not, <laughs> not just that, but naming him Ed, right? I, you know what? I wasn't going to make that suggestion. 
but there is a running joke here, you know, whenever the uh, whenever I'm walk whenever I'm greeting and meeting moms that are pregnant, I I always say, you know, I've gotten name suggestions uh, for both ways, you know, if a boy or a girl, uh, and my girl say one of my top girl name suggestion is Edifer because it's very unique. <laughs> I love it. Co- combination of Jennifer, oh. Ed, it all works together. But the Lord bless you guys. What an encouragement. So we, so what do we have? We have uh, seven more months. Uh, so July twenty, oh, July nineteenth. So five, five months. Yeah, great. Well, we pray blessings on you and mom's health and baby's health. Thank you very much. Okay, buddy. God bless you. God bless. Bye bye. 303-690-3000, and uh, we do rejoice babies being uh, conceived, which was the main topic of our Bible study this last weekend, uh, a day set aside for the sanctity of life and to stand in the gap for the unborn and the babies in the womb. And so give us a... Um, I give us a listen, I should say. It's a message that you're going to want to listen to and you're going to want to share. This is such a hotbed topic that has become hyper-politicized and it's there is an element and there is a line of political uh, activism in the sense of um, changing the laws to protect babies in the womb, but it's far more a spiritual decision uh, because it's human beings, millions upon millions of human beings making decisions to kill the baby in their womb. And we opened up the Bible together so that we could establish what the Bible has to say and uh, what it is our response, what, what it is that God would desire for our response. Uh, so pick up that Bible study on our app. We have a free app. You should have it by now. This is our church app. You can stay in touch with us. You can watch us live. You can catch up on every, almost, not every, but almost every Bible study that's ever been taught here is posted on that app. And <clears throat> you can live stream there. You can listen to Grace FM there. You can contact us there. You can stay uh, in, you know, in communication with us there. So just go to your app store, and the easy way to find it is just put in the name Ed Taylor. Uh, Ed Taylor. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it right now on my trusty iPhone. I'm going to go to the App Store. I'm going to search, and then I'm going to put in my name, Ed Taylor, and that should just bring it up right there. Search Ed Taylor, and boom, that's the very first app. It is uh, 25. It's, by the way, if you have the app, give it a review. Uh, it helps the algorithms uh, pop it to the top. But it's Calvary Church with Ed Taylor, uh, and the free app is there. um, Load it, turn on notifications, and we're off. And uh, you'll be notified when services start. You'll be notified. I I send out an encouraging note every morning, pretty much every morning. um, And we just love to stay in touch. We don't over-communicate. Like, you know, it's not enough where you'd want to turn off the notifications, but we communicate enough to keep you up to date with what God's doing. That is a must message. As a matter of fact, when you open up the app, just open it right on the home page. It says recent studies or recent messages, and it's the top one. Life is precious, Psalm 139. Absolutely listen to it. Share it with someone that has had an abortion or is thinking about an abortion. Uh, it is a message that is encouraging 
um, but also truthful. And maybe you've been trying to talk to somebody about it and you just haven't been able to find the words. I have the words, and, and if they get upset or some response, they can get mad at me. They could call here. They can email. We'll minister to them. We'll encourage them. Uh, not everybody wants to talk about these things. You know, it's a lot easier to come to church and talk about cotton candy type stuff, but that's not the Lord's will. He doesn't want you living on cotton candy all the time. Um, even though, you know, we have a, we laugh. I mean, we laughed in this message. In a serious message, we laughed a little bit. Um, there was some crying in the room a little bit. Um, there was, like, regret and, con- and conviction. There was even condemnation, even though that wasn't the intent of the message. And I actually addressed that so that you don't live in condemnation because of a past abortion. I mean, you know as well as I do, if you would have... If you would have known then what you know now, you wouldn't have made that decision. But we can't go backwards. We can only go forward. So go to our website or go get our app. Download our app. We we have literally millions of um, opening, uh, millions of accesses. I forget what they call it exactly in the stats, um, but we have thousands of downloads and millions of contacts and. Um, Thousands of people listen to Bible studies every week. So come on, join the crowd here at Calvary Church. I also want to take the time. I know everyone listening on Grace FM, you're listening live right now to a live broadcast, but you're on Hope FM or Truth FM or on any of the lower low power FMs around the country. Uh, you're hearing this at the one week delay. And in that one week delay, uh, what that means is you call the show right now, it's on the air. You'll, you'll get your question answered. Everyone on Grace FM will hear it live, but you get to hear it next week as the show is broadcast a week later everywhere but on Grace FM. So what an honor to be a small part of the big work that God is doing in your life. We're going to go now to Centennial. Juan is on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? Uh, I just had a quick question. Uh, why do you think God uh, allowed the fallen angels to have relations with women in the days of Noah? You know, that's a good question, because I I really don't lean toward uh, those angels that left their um, domain um, to literally have sex with human beings. I know it's one of the possible op- uh, options. If it did happen, you know, if I'm wrong and it did happen— I think it happened by them inhabiting human beings. I don't believe um, the Bible's pretty clear that angels, um, they're sexless, number one, and they yeah. don't engage in that behavior. So they would have had to, I believe, they would have had to inhabit another human body. Uh, and and I just, as as much as that's a popular view, I don't lean on toward that view. Oh, okay. And what, what view do you lean towards? That it was it was the the sons of men, although it's used many times. If you're referring to the uh, passage in Genesis, it's referred to many times uh, in the angelic realm, the sons of God, um, little G. Uh, they could it can also refer to just human beings, wicked human beings, and the angels that left their proper domain could also be a reference uh, to the fact that they fell from heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've always heard about uh, that he was fallen angel. Yes, that's why. <laughs> that's a. Po- I mean, that's the yeah. popular view uh, for mm-hmm. sure, uh, or a popular view. 
you know, the let me, I'm turning over here real quick. Um, in Genesis 6, um, it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were beautiful and took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So whatever happened there, um, you know, looking at the wickedness and the judgment of man, there's probably some perversity, probably rampant um, sexual immorality, um, you know, right before the flood. Uh, and then, oops, excuse me, um, let me see here. My computer's not cooperating, so let me just get my Bible here. Genesis, as you read through, you know, the the reality of of giants in the land and how these mighty men, there were giants on the earth. Afterward, the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore um, children to them. You know, verse 14 could just be a very common statement that while there were giants on the earth, um, it happened when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, which go um, back to verse 1 where there was some kind of rapid sexual immorality. So it doesn't necessarily have to um, refer to these Nephilim uh, coming down and having sex with humans. So, you know, it is a popular view, but it doesn't have to be. Um, it doesn't have to be. There's another alternative. Yeah, because even after the flood, there were still some giants in the earth. So, And there was still sexual immorality. Yeah. Oh, I know okay. it's. I know people are listening in right now. No, Ed. No, Ed. You're wrong. And you know, I might be wrong, <laughs> but it's one of those things that really doesn't matter. Um, yeah. You know, the there there were angels that left their proper domain, and and if 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 it did happen, uh, like I said, I think it happened in relationship to uh, the indwelling of uh, the only way sexual activity could take place is through human bodies. So I think it would be demonically possessed human bodies, which is definitely a possibility. It just doesn't seem to be supported in this particular text. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you okay. God bless. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Yeah, one of those popular passages, um, and, and I'm sure that uh, there are those that have taken a long time uh, to develop, you know, the giants in, in verse 4 are the Nephilim. Nef- Nephilim, um, these were not like, these were humans. They were tall humans, big humans. Uh, even in as we read later on in the true story of David and Goliath, there's no indication that Goliath was a demonically, uh, de- or nor his brothers, demonically... Uh, you know, like half God or half man, half devil. Um, And it's just not a view. I have taught both views before, like in terms of you guys make up your mind. Uh, I just see it as a rampant time of sexual immorality. There's definitely demonic activity. Um, There's definitely a hierarchy of demons that some are worse than others. Uh, But that's that's where I stand. All right, we're going to head over to line one is Mark. Mark, welcome to the program. Hey, this is Mark Avila. How you doing, Brother Ed? I'm doing good, Mark. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Hey, listen, I've I, uh, been listening, obviously, listened to you for a while on the radio, and, and uh, Lord, just impressed upon my heart to give you a call and just say, how could we, as your listeners, your church body, other pastors, how could we be lifting you up in prayer? 
That's a great question. I think I think when you remember me, uh, I would ask that you remember remember me like you are in the category of pastors, specifically in this time of great division, uh, great uh, antagonism, great angst, um, in a time of government overreach, in a time yeah. with a real virus that's causing havoc and health concerns in many people. With all of that going on, it's been very challenging to lead the church. Uh, it's been very challenging to uh, help the church. And when I say the church, I don't just mean within our walls, but like it's been very challenging to uh, lead people through the crowded uh, areas, through the crowded um, uh, distractions and difficulties to keep their eyes on the Lord. And, yeah. and so I would pray for, wi- I would ask for wisdom and strength. Uh, I've been talking to pastors um, both here and around the country, and I, I, wonder, I wonder, you can ask this, you can answer this too, Mark. I've just been uh, talking to pastors, and one of, the, one of the common things I keep hearing is they're tired. Are you, how, how have you been? Yeah, we, we're good. We're, we're busy here in Southern California. Um, you know, we're, we're, we probably, out of all the states, I don't know if you've read this recently, I think it was um, the CBN News just put something out saying California is probably under the strictest guidelines when it comes to places of worship. And even though, you know, the, the gov- federal government has directed and has given us some, some liberty and freedoms, you know, our, our state uh, government is choosing to keep us prohibited and locked down in many ways, you know. And so there, you know, and I know you know what's going on in Southern California, especially with some of the uh, Calvary pastors out here and just some of the heat that they're under. And yes. so uh, we had a staff meeting yesterday to talk about, okay, where are we going? What's Where's the Lord showing us? And, you know, as we got together, we came alongside our pastor and lifting up his arms in prayer, you know, it just it made me think about, you know, especially you, because we've had conversations before and, and what other pastors are challenged with. And and so that's why I thought, you know, I, we, we, I think your body, I think the people need to know how to be praying for pastors in this role right now, because it is challenging times, and um, that you are hearing from the Lord, and that uh, um, you're, and you're being obedient to whatever God calls you to do, which may be different from the pastor down the street or in the next city over, yeah, but that you, you're obedient to what He's calling you to do for the sheep there that He has you, you know, overseeing at the time. But yeah, we're... We're, we're tired in, in a lot of ways, you know, yes. but uh, I would say this to any of, any of us in leadership and in ministry, this is what God has called us to do, so this is what we do. And we rise up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I sent Amen. out, I think, um, I sent out this quote, um, I'm reading a book about Spurgeon and his marriage, uh, you mm. know, a lot, of the, a lot of the strength that Spurgeon enjoyed uh, came from the from the cooperation and support of his wife. Yes, and, yes, that's right. Um, and in this book, though, it describes it said, um, and I quote: Spurgeon pointed not to his pulpit ministry, but to the Holy Spirit as the genesis of his success. He often worked eighteen hours a day, months on end. And when the famous missionary David Livingstone inquired of Spurgeon how he did the work of two men, Spurgeon, referring to the Holy Spirit, said, you have forgotten that there are two of us. And indeed, Spurgeon was not only gifted by the Holy Spirit, but also empowered by him, 
end quote. Amen. And it was such a good, that, that was the beginning. Amen. You know, the book is all going to be about the support of his wife. But before before yeah. the author ever gets to that part, he says, no, understand this, the, the essence of the strength that Spurgeon had, it was from the indwelling, empowering, even the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I can say this, we've taken a very conservative approach here. Uh, we're open. Yeah. Um, the government uh, here in Colorado has lifted the restrictions on churches in terms of size, mo- moving indoors. They still require face coverings uh, right. and distancing, but they have allowed for some time now to be open. But but what I've been sharing with our church, uh, we took a very conservative approach. We required face coverings. We require um, distancing. You know, at, yeah. in the beginning it was full. Now it's reasonable and um, and opening. So I, I say all that to say this. Opening up is far more challenging by, uh-huh. and, and what I mean by that is challenging while retaining the safest standards as you continue uh-huh. to open up. Like you, you would think, and a lot of people were expecting as we come up a, on a year now, we've been dealing with this almost a year. Right. A lot of people expected that you, you know, as fast as we closed, we could open up, but, but it's super uh-huh. challenging. So praying for patience too, because we, we have a very patient church for those that are here, um, but logistically, uh, it is super challenging, uh, unless you just don't want to pay any attention to the guidelines, and then, right. then that makes it easier. But we want to find that balance where we want a safe environment to meet indoors, to honor each other, be a good witness in the community, but Amen. all the while obeying God. So we'll be praying for you guys as you start you know, considering what to do, what not to do when you open up. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, listen, man, thank you. Do you mind? Let me just pray for you real quick here, okay? Okay, great. Oh, Father, thank you for the blessing and the opportunity to be called to ministry. And Lord, I can't even, just the challenges that pastors, senior pastors, and their assistants and associates face in in today's world, especially in our country. But Lord, you are greater than all of that. Mm. And and so we stand, as, as the quote, it's your spirit that leads us and guides us Mm -hmm. and leads us into everything that we face today. Lord, you are not caught off guard by this. That's right. And so, Father, I pray, especially for for Pastor Ed and the church ministry there, Lord, that he would continue to cause himself, put himself in a place, Lord, where he's sensitive to the leading and direction of your Spirit. Thank you. And the decisions that he makes, Lord, he sought you first, that he has the support not only of his staff, but as a church body as well. And Lord, we can't force people to come back. We, 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 we recognize that there might be some limitations, perhaps even slight fears that would keep them from doing so. But Lord, most importantly, that we as shepherds and leaders cause them and to put their eyes upon you. And so Lord, strengthen my dear brother, give him wisdom beyond any experience he's ever had before yes. to lead these people into your glory and your honor. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, brother. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. It's really true. I'm glad Mark called. Mark and I have been friends for many, many, many years, back when I lived in Southern California, and he is a a pastor on staff at a very uh, glorious, wonderful church out in the Inland Empire. So a shout-out to everybody in Southern Cal listening. We're glad that you're here. Shout-out to everyone listening in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Of course, you guys in New Jersey, uh, in Pennsylvania, 
and around the country. Uh, we are grateful to be a small part, like I said, of the huge work that God's doing in your life. And uh, if you just tuned in, this is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. I have the privilege of hosting a couple days a week uh, along with my partners, uh, Jeff Figs, who's in Greeley, Colorado, Nick Cady, who's up in um, Longmont, Colorado, both very wonderful, godly, caring pastors. Uh, we've got other guys that fill in from time to time, like Cody King, uh, Jason Vandeveer, all Colorado guys. So we're, we're grateful just to be a small part of what God's doing around the country just from this little state in Colorado. Uh, and so you hear the music. We're going to be right back. This is the just a quick, brief break. And then the second half of Calvary Live will be right around the corner. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. If you're just tuning in on your way home, maybe getting dinner ready or just hanging out and resting, sometimes I... I listened to the show just hanging out. I'm just, I don't know if it was this, I think it was last Friday. Uh, I had to make a, I took my lunch hour on Friday and I just, I went down to Costco, but I ended up being uh, on the phone. Uh, and then when I finished that phone call, uh, I ran in, I got some ice cream at Costco and then I was eating my ice cream in my car, listening, just relaxing, enjoying my Costco ice cream, uh, you know, from the little, um, uh, food court thing there. Uh, went in to say hey to Henry, but I didn't find him. Uh, so I got my ice cream, went out, and just hung out listening to Calvary Live in my car in the Costco parking lot. So wherever you are, we are glad that you are joining us. Maybe a hospital bed or a uh, maybe you're uh, in prison or jail. Um, hey, wherever you are, we want to love on you, encourage you. Especially, you know, I have a, a special heart for those of you that might be in jail or prison um, I know it's hard, and um, there's a very good chance that you're there because you need to be there, um, but let this time be a, a lesson for you to grow in God's grace and to surrender your life to Him um, now that He's got your attention. You know, God used jail in my life, not prison, but jail in my life to start the process of me being born again, and I um, got yet another DUI. Uh, and I was just a reckless young man. I was a dad by then. Uh, obviously, I was a husband by then, on, and I was not willing, uh, with those responsibilities, I was not willing to give up my partying lifestyle. And, and of course, if you're l listening, this was years ago before I was born again. But I was, God was already working on me. And I had done what I normally did with my wife. Uh, I got into an argument. I started an argument, stirred up something. I don't remember what it was. We got mad. We're yelling at each other. And then I said, forget this. I'm out of here. But I, all the while, I was planning on doing that anyway. <clears throat> it was one of those things where I created it because my buddy was waiting for me to pick him up. And we were going to drive up to Santa Barbara and go to a party at my, with my friend, uh, that was up in college. Here I am um, being a 
absolute jerk, but my friend was in college getting his life, you know, getting on with his life. So we drive up there and we participate, do whatever that. And uh, I made a lot of mistakes, done a lot of dumb things, but I, I was, but I started feeling guilty. And I'm like, I've got to, I, I was already beginning to turn, but you know, nowhere close to being completely sober, right? And, and I'm like, I got to go home. So I told my buddy, hey man, you got to find a ride. Uh, I got to go home. And he's, I'm not, I don't, can't find a ride. I don't know nobody up here. And uh, so we drove, I, we drove down and I was pulled over and I failed the test. And he took me to jail and then he, you know, my buddy ended up getting a uh, ride because he didn't go to jail with me. And that was the beginning of, you know, I'm sitting there in jail overnight and it was not going to be a good ending. This was a horrible thing. It was going to bring disaster again into my marriage. Good chance my wife, Marie, would leave me. Uh, We'll be bankrupt again. You know, we'll be empty and owe money again and. And who knows what it's going to do to my record and on and on. It's just horrible. And that was the beginning. So I share that small. I mean, I didn't give you a lot of details, but I share that small portion with you because this might be the beginning for you. You don't have to be in jail. You could be in bondage in jail to addiction, to anger, to bitterness. And God could be working on you right now. Listen to him. And here's the only way out. The only way out is to acknowledge your sin before a holy and a righteous God. That's it. A holy and righteous God. And in that acknowledgement of sin, it will lead you to repenting of it, to turn away from your sin and to turn away uh, from bad decisions, denouncing it, and receiving the forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ. If that's something that you're ready to do, call me, 303-690-3000. The line's open for anyone to call with questions uh, on your mind, but in particular, if you want to talk about your soul, you want to talk about a turning point, you want to be shocked that the guy that's on the other end of the radio had such a bad past. He did. I was thinking of this today. Sometimes we think because of higher education and seminary and, you know, because of all that, that God only uses uh, perfect people. You know, God only uses educated people. God only uses uh, smart people. Um, He certainly uses educated, smart people. Don't misunderstand me, but here's what the Bible says. Uh, the, The Bible says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And God has chosen the insignificant things of the world and the things that are despised, God has chosen, and the things that are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And I I find no better qualifying verse uh, that describes my life than that one. Uh, God chooses the foolish things of the world. And I know if you would have known me at a different time, there's just no way you would have predicted uh, that I would have lived so long, that my marriage would have survived, that we would end up having two more children, 
uh, even our oldest son growing up, being getting married, and even having a grandson, uh, never would you have predicted that. Never, never. You would have predicted the opposite. Uh, what a loser. Uh, what a horrible person. Look what he's doing. Look how bad he is. I mean, you could have thought that, that it, it was bad, but God is good, and he was faithful. All right, so let's uh, go to Joseph in Denver, Colorado. Joseph, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed Taylor. Very good to hear your voice. Um, uh, I appreciate listening to you. I believe it's Saturdays at 1 p.m., 2 p.m., uh, your podcast. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I think we do rebroadcast the podcast on Saturdays. Yeah, right on. What's up? Uh, well, so um, two Bible verses, and I'm a Christian, so I'm not, you know, somebody that's worldly trying to say the Bible is, um, how you say, um, contradicting yourself. But, sure. um, you know, some <clears throat> people have the impression that our... Lord and said Jesus Christ, um, you know, homeless, was poor, etc. But I got two Bible verses. So one is um, uh, Luke chapter 9, yes, verse 57 through 58, and that reads, and I know we need to take the Bible in context, but Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 58, you mm-hmm. know, it reads, uh, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee where thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. Okay. And then uh, when we go to John chapter 1, verse 38 to 39, that reads, Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and go with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. Yes. So, um, so if you will, the, the Luke chapter 9 verse, is that basically saying in that particular area, in that city, Christ did not have any place to stay, or how do we explain that? That's a great question. So when we come to Luke chapter 9, um, I think there's the, I, the emphasis of what Jesus is wanting to understand is that he has no permanent possessions. He doesn't have a home he doesn't have a regular home that he comes in and out of. Um, people were viewing him as, uh, those that, that viewed him as Messiah primarily saw him as a conquering king. They saw him as someone okay. that was going to overthrow Rome, and the overthrowing of Rome would help to establish. Remember, the big issue with the children of Israel was always the land, being established in the land, having a homeland, uh, even to the point of returning to a theocracy, but they're under the thumb of Rome right now. They're under the thumb of a hyper-oppressive government. And the idea, the, the answer in verse 58 is directly to the question, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And, and here's G, this, is, this is Jesus' answer to that. Look, foxes have a place they go, to, they go back to, right? They have holes. Birds of the air, they have their nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He doesn't have a regular homestead. Uh, he, he doesn't have a place that he returns to continually. He, he doesn't even have a permanent, and you, have, you read it all the way, he doesn't have a permanent home on the earth because he would be dying okay. very shortly from this, just in a couple years. And he's trying to correct their thought. Um, he's trying to correct them in their thinking that following him would be easy. They'd have an easy go at it. They'd go out during the day, come home at night, They'd have an established life and kingdom on the earth. He's kind of answering all of that. And top on top of saying, 
hey, look, I'm a, I have a wandering ministry. I'm, I'm, I don't, I, my, my time here is not to accumulate possessions. My time here is to serve people. And then when you come okay. here, um, I, you're reading, I heard, I, I could tell you're reading from the King James in the new King James. Right. And let me look it up in, uh, let me look the original word up. But when you were reading it, I was reading it in my new King James. And he says in John one thirty nine, uh, you know, where are you staying uh, at the end of verse 38? And Jesus said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, uh, not necessarily dwelling like it was his home. I mean, obviously, people brought him in. Um, a common, a couple of common places that uh, many uh, scholars and commentators believe Jesus stayed is he stayed with Peter and his mother-in-law, you know, when he was visit there, and he would also stay with Mary and Martha. Um, they were very good friends. And, and so it's not that he always slept outside, um, and the idea when you said, too, that he was poor and homeless— um, he wasn't poor and homeless in the way that we define that today. Um, uh-huh. He wasn't, and as a matter of fact, he wasn't poor uh, as a human, not not just God in human flesh, but he wasn't poor. He had people supporting him because, remember, Judas had a very specific job. You remember what it was? To keep the money changes. Right, so he had, he had resources, um, and yeah. he had resources at his disposal. Even if nobody gave him money, he could send Peter out and miraculously it's cause a, a coin to be in the fish. So that it, so the the idea that he would be described as poor and homeless in the context of how we immediately think of that today, that's not true at all. Um, however, in a general, if you just backed off and didn't didn't load the word homeless and just speak of it as a person without a permanent home. Uh, while Jesus was on earth, he certainly did not have a permanent home okay. after he left his parents. And uh, if you will, uh, can we know when that was? Was it 21, 18? When did he leave his parents' home? 19? Well, we, we, know? we know that he started his ministry at about 30. Oh, so you say he stayed at home until 30? Well, I don't know. We don't know. We don't have the, in, the interim time of there. We just know he comes on the scene, is water baptized. So he could have been in his own home. He could have stayed with his mom. The Bible doesn't say. And, um, you know, uh, I listen to this program a lot, you know, because I get off at 4 p.m. So when I can, I, you know, turn my car radio on when I'm driving home. But, but um, so somebody asked about the, uh, what do you call it, the Apocrypha, uh, the lost books of the Bible, and if that's okay to read. And, you know, because a lot of that in the, uh, the lost books of the Bible supposedly has, you know, Christ from age you know, like 12, 13, 14, 15, et cetera. And, but uh, the other pastor, I'm sorry if you get his name, basically said that don't put too much, um, don't put too much faith in that book, the, the Apocrypha, because it has a lot of, um, it just doesn't add up, because he studied, you know, you, you all study the Bible. The sure, sure. Yeah, the Apocrypha, yeah, the, the Apocrypha is not to be trusted as okay, any kind of yeah. biblical... Um, trustworthy that they're they're for the most part fictional accounts you know that here's what happens at the end of when you see the middle of your book of your bible between malachi and matthew there are about 400 years between the end of malachi and the beginning of matthew Uh, and in 400 years there was silence god was not giving any revelation and you know how it is with silence when you're silent enough people just can't take it They've got to fill uh, the, the silence. And truly, 
the only reason the Apocrypha became as famous as it did is that the Roman Catholic Church uses the Apocrypha to support some of their teachings that are not biblical at all. Okay. Well, I mean, if you will, uh, I just see it as a book. It's just a book. You know, people read Harry Potter. I do not. People read whatever, you know, it's just a book. It is, but, but, but here's the thing. When you read Harry Potter, I know you don't, but if you read Harry Potter, there's no question whatsoever it has nothing to do with reality. But when you read the Apocrypha, especially because it was put, you know, it wasn't even added to the Roman Catholic Bible until the 1500s. It was actually added in the Council of Trent in response to the Protestant Reformation because they had to have some place to, to uh, the, the Roman Catholic religion had to have some place to point to for some of the aberrant t- teachings that they had because they weren't in the Bible. Uh, and... And so the, the, the difficulty with the Apocrypha, I don't, encourage, I don't encourage young believers or new believers to read the Apocrypha because it will be confusing, because it yep. kind of feels like the Bible, and, and it's in Roman Catholic Bibles. Uh, I, think it, I think it's okay to don't, not to read the Apocrypha for a while until you know the Bible, uh, until you understand it, because, you know, if I'm reading Stephen King, which I don't read anymore, but I'm trying to think of, uh, what's the guy that, that writes the lawyer novels? Um, oh, I'm, not a big reader. I'm not a big reader. <laughs> he's super popular, but uh, he, he, like, he writes a book a month. He's so popular. But, you know, when I read that, when I read those, he's such a favorite author, I, re- I can't even remember his name. But when you read those books, there's no question... Um, let me make it, let me make it easier. When, when I used to read Berenstain Bear books to my kids, uh, there was no question whatsoever. It had nothing to do with the Bible, but the problem with the Apocrypha or the deuterocanonical books is they kind of sound like there are some things that they say that are also said in the Bible, uh, in the true canonized uh, acceptable texts of the Bible that it could be easily confused as maybe it's authoritative, and they are not. None of them are. Well, let me ask you this. What's worse, the, uh, the lost books of the Bible, the Apocrypha, the Book of Mormon, or the Quran? Okay, so they're not the lost books of the Bible. Um, oh. I mean, wait a minute. Are you adding that as a character, as a, as a, are you saying, are you using a category, lost books of the Bible, as separate from Apocrypha? I- I thought, I thought it was all mixed together. Okay, um, so if you say four things there, uh, what is worse? The Apocrypha, a, a group of books, and there's a bunch of them, the lost books of the Bible, which is no such thing, but I understand that is a category. Uh, the Book of Mormon, and what was the other one? The Quran? The Quran. Uh, I would say the Quran, uh, the Book of Mormon, um, whatever lost books of the Bible, and the Apocrypha in that order. So the exact opposite you gave them, I would say that the worst going backwards. Probably... Um, the Book of Mormon is probably more dangerous than, than the Quran because it pretends to be Christianity. Yeah. And it all, they offer an alternative. You know, the Book of Mormon and the Quran offer a salvation that's anti-Christ. So both of them are very dangerous. However, in the Western world, um, you know, the Book of Mormon is probably more dangerous because it's in the hands of people that try to convince you it's real Christianity. Yeah, they are slick about it. Uh, one of the other uh, pastors that does this show, I'm sorry to get his name, but he said that, and I, I, you know, Facebook, Facebook, so they, the Book of Mormon has a Facebook page, but the first thing you see is the Bible. They're like, you know, what do you like to buy about the Bible when you click on it? It's really the Book of Mormon, but Latter-day Saints, but they don't want to put that up front because they want to trick you into, you know, 
So it, they're slick, very slick. Very slick. And that's when they come to your door, they're only trained to make you feel stupid. So you'll invite them into your house so they can explain it to you. And they'll do nothing but give you a false gospel. Okay, well, God bless you, Pastor Ed Taylor. Thanks, man. Uh, be listening to you Saturday. You have a blessed week. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Brent here is in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Hey, Brent, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Ed. How are you, sir? Good, man. What's up? Nothing, man. I'm uh, just looking for some direction. Uh, recently, uh, with the COVID and everything, it kind of altered my career path and my path in life in general. And I'm looking for, uh, I don't know, maybe some insight or maybe a prayer into deciding what's what's next for me. Um, honestly, I met the most incredible woman. And uh, I love Costco uh, ice cream, by the way, sir. <laughs> I do, too. And, uh, you know, uh, thinking maybe, you know, a new believer and with what's going on and everything um, in the fitness industry, maybe that I might be able to utilize that career path, but also wondering if my calling is somewhere else. So um, just uh, praying on things and uh, not getting uh, a definitive answer, honestly, on what direction I should go. Well, let's pray and see what... uh, I I think that uh, definitely the direction to go will be to work. So we know that God has a job for you, a position, a career path. He wants you to provide for your family. You want to provide for your family, uh, right? which right now is you, but it's also others uh, that will be brought into your life. God wants us to work not only for ourselves, but to give to those who have a need. So we know that for sure. So let's just pray that God will lead you and guide you in the skills and the gifts that he's given you, even if it means retraining, you know, even if it means starting something that's in a different career path than you've ever been on, because God wants you to pivot and go in a new direction. So let's pray. Father, we don't have the answer particularly uh, where you're leading my brother Brent, but he is asking, and we come together to ask for wisdom and understanding of what direction you would have him to go. And so I pray that you would pour into him the wisdom uh, from the Holy Spirit, that you would help him navigate these challenging days of being unemployed, uh, and God, that you, according to your word, would provide for all of his needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, uh, what you have to give him, and so I pray that it would it would be a a uh, a sense of of finding something quick, finding something that provides for his needs, and also God finding something that provides over and above his needs, so that he might be a generous giver um, to those that are around him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Okay, God bless you, man. Let us know. Let us know because it's going to happen fast. Let us know Likewise. what the Lord does. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I just got a text from a friend of mine. Uh, not today, but a couple days ago. Uh, let me read it to you because I'm going to pray for him too. Now that I just remember him. Um, uh, let me just. I'm not going to give you his name. Um, but I will read you his text to you. He said, hey, brother, if you could, remember to pray for my wife and I. I just got laid off yesterday from my job. We're seeking the Lord on how he wants to use this and how I can be used again for the kingdom. Thanks, bro. And here's the story with him. Uh, he was working full-time in a church, uh, and he made some mistakes, sinful mistakes that disqualified him temporarily. Uh, he lost his position, and uh, he went back into the workforce, 
Uh, he stayed in that church, uh, as humbling as it was, worked through those things, is restored, uh, and now, you know, just kind of praying and open, and now, through his circumstances, he's really knocking on doors of how God wants to use him. So I pray for my brother, Lord. I lift him up along with Brent. Um, different stories, same situation. I pray you would lead him in the direction you want him to go. I pray for comfort with his wife uh, and just knowing that they have children, little children, little kiddos they need to take care of. And um, God, I look forward to getting an update from him soon too during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's move over to, we're going to head out to Marlton, New Jersey. Pam, welcome to the program. Yes, hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm just calling for a prayer request. Okay. Yes. Um, my um, sister's son um, has been um, an addict on heroin all his life, uh. and um, he's he's been he's been he died at least three three or four times. On um, this last incident, um, he um, had a seizure. And he um, also had a, um, a seizure and a um, stroke. And he's in the hospital. He's on life support right now. But they're not sure if they take the life support off if um, he's going to be able to breathe on his own. Oh, also, wow. um, he he grew up in a Christian family home, and I know he was going to church. So I'm just praying that um, his faith is um, legit, you know, that he yeah. really knows the Lord. All right, uh, I guess I'm praying for his salvation and that he won't leave this earth until he knows the Lord Jesus as Savior and that he'll he'll be able to get off the drugs and, you know, his body will function again and breathe. Well, let's do that. Let's pray, Pam. Father, we pray for Pam's sister's son who is in a life-and-death situation um, and pretty much of his own doing, God, uh, the consequences of his sin. But we call to mind your mercy today, and we call to mind your grace. We call to mind your pursuit of this young man, even though through these years he's, he's been overcome by drugs and overcome by this lifestyle. God, I, sh- I pray you show mercy to him on his, on his bed. I pray you give wisdom to those that are surrounding him and have decisions to make about him. We pray, God, that after he's taken off the machine, Uh, Even like my son, he would breathe without the machine, no problem. That his lungs and his internal organs would all be strong. And that in in this case, that the family would wait for him to wake up. And they would wait for him to recover. And we pray that in Jesus' name. We, We commit him to you. And I pray for faith to replace fear. And I pray for good counsel to replace any scary counsel so that this young man, maybe even one day by faith, Lord, I would be able to talk to him or hear of a testimony of him that you would do something uh, grand and miraculous uh, even from this hospital bed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Can't, Pam, keep us my up to date, okay? Say that again? I said it's my first time calling in. So I'm so I'm glad you sure did. How to do this. <laughs> We're so grateful to be partnered with uh, Pastor Bill and Marlton there. He, uh, do you know Pastor oh, Bill? Bill Lugman, wonderful guy. He's a neat man. I'm so you know Bill yes, is he a is. he is a radio Edwin. genius, <laughs> and he helped us get our station on the air. You know he's oh, got all those stations out fabulous. there, but he helped us here too. Yeah, it's fabulous. 
I, I wanted to go to Israel with them. Yes. But it's just so much money right now. It so. is. It is. Did you know it was it was snowing yesterday in the Golan Heights? Really? Yes. It was, <laughs> I saw a video of the snow. Uh, it's like, oh, we had a we had a trip ourselves planned in February, but we had to cancel it and reschedule it for November because of COVID. So we're praying that right. the Lord will open the door. And, you know, one day, Pam, you're going to be in Jerusalem. You're gonna, either going to be there on a tour or you're going to be there in the new Jerusalem. And we'll have our new body. That's right. That's right. Well, God bless great. you, Pam. We won't ever make him upset again, you know, by our stupid talking and our thoughts. You can't, I just, a clear thought, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Make him happy. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, Pam. <laughs> you too, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number for tomorrow, because we're almost out of time. Uh, I want to invite you out to church tonight. We're here at Calvary Church, and we're going to be singing together. Henry, my friend of so many years, almost 30 years. No, no, let me see. I was saved in 91, so what is that, 9... Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty close to t- 30 years, right? Nine, we're in 21. Uh, it's been a long day, but let's just say 26 plus years. Uh, I grew up uh, with his wife. Um, she was my buddy's sister, and we grew up since um, kind of together since we were little, little, little. So Henry is here leading worship, uh, and Pastor Ian's going to be leading us in prayer And I'm going to be teaching a Bible study about our royal priesthood and just what God wants to do in our lives in 1 Peter. you got to be here. Get to church. If you're in town, get here. You're welcome here. We'll make room for you here. And it's good to be together. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.